Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats, part of the Hoops Crew Media Network. My name is Jake, and I'm joined in the virtual studio, as always, by the one and only Sambo, the one and only Johnny. How are you, chaps? Good. Warm, but good. Is that interesting enough? Sorry, I'm multitasking here. I'm trying to trying to send one last message before I start talking as well. <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's, um, right. <laughs> it's good to have the full crew back. Mm, good true. Full, the whole crew it always feels out. like so long because we, we only do one episode a week. It, it feels like two weeks. Yeah. It's only one episode. I, I think I've only ever missed one in a row, but because we're going one you at have, a time, yeah. it feels like two, two weeks. Well, it like, we'll only be one, one, one at a time. Until what, two weeks away, or even possibly next week? I was going to say Jake, you won't have to worry you know? too much longer about about all that because we are going to be back to two episodes a week, um, in short order. Next Monday, the nineteenth, will be our match sim preview. The Cats play their match sim on Thursday, I believe it is. Uh, the following Monday will be our recap. Then we'll do our preseason match preview. I think on Thursday that week, and we're away two episodes a week, pretty much from from then until December. Should the AFLW team make another finals run, so it, it's going to be juicy, a juicy twenty twenty four. And obviously, you know, long time chaps listeners, we love to have you along, uh, and you're getting even more bang for your buck, so to speak, this year as we are partnered up with the Hoops crew. I was just looking at the calendar of content, Johnny, that we're putting together, the calendar of episodes, what's being created. Uh, there's something on pretty much every day. If you're following the Hoops crew on the your favorite podcast platform, if you're following the Hoops crew on YouTube, if you subscribe to the Hoops crew on Patreon for five Aussie dollars a month, you are going to be getting pretty much independently produced cats coverage uh, every day of the week once the season starts through to the you know as I said through into the summer. It's it's pretty amazing. So we'd love to have you along for the ride. We'd love if you popped over and helped us bump up the Patreon subscription numbers. The goal is to get to thirty this season. That's my personal goal. If we can get to more, that's great. We're about halfway there at the moment. So if you want to jump over five Aussie dollars a month, help us get to 30 by the end of the season. We want to shoot for beyond that. That's great too. Um, big episode tonight, chaps. There's a lot to get through. I'm going to stop talking in a minute. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to do what we want to see, volume four. We're going to try and get through nine players, three each. We may only get six, but we'll see. We'll shoot for nine. Uh, and then we're going to duck behind the Patreon curtain for our subscribers. We're going to talk about the midfield mix. Uh, ben from the Hoops crew put out his best 22 uh, headed into the season for the Cats. I want to dial in and look at just the midfield, what we want to, uh, who we want to see line up there in round one. So we're going to talk all about that in the Patreon section. But before we get into any of that, I just want to quickly ask, we don't need to break down the Super Bowl, um, but as two um, pop culture fans such as yourself, the Deadpool and Wolverine trailer dropped. Uh, so I would like you guys 
to give me your quick thoughts on the trailer uh, and how excited you are or not maybe just your thoughts on the deadpool and wolverine trailer uh looked pretty good looked exciting looked fun uh, and looked like a deadpool movie with wolverine in it and i'm glad i, I like the way they didn't show much of wolverine in mm. there it just you know teases it nicely but yeah i'm really looking forward to deadpool and wolverine i think though i yeah i really like it like the trailer a lot can't wait for it i think that'll be a good group man group uh to go see that in the cinema true yeah yeah that would be a, a fun uh joint watch yeah I, I really like the trailer i was never someone that was super on the fence about it as far as like disney goes like i know a lot of people are like oh is he's gonna cock it up uh i've always been a glass half full person with all that stuff and the one shot the one shining light in all of this if whatever you think about modern mcu movies or modern star wars movies or anything the one shining light to me is prey prey came out under disney yes. disney produced the best predator movie since predator and so that's it's got nothing to obviously it's got nothing to do with deadpool or anything but i just go it's not it's not the company the company itself if they can make something that's good and successful they will do it they just need the right element so i think this put any kind of yeah i i guess i had some intrigue about what it would be if it would be different um but i i thought it was a very <laughs> sounds weird using this word about deadpool very tasteful trailer not tasteful, it was, in, wasn't it? <laughs> like not tasteful in not tasteful in terms of content, but just tasteful in terms of like like you were saying with the uh, the teasers, John. They didn't like like it, it's this big glut that like we know there's going to be heaps of cameos and they're like rescuing a lot of stuff and that a lot of fans are looking at this to be the movie that like saves the whole thing in their eyes. Um, and I think there could have been a lot of pressure to go. We got to put as much as we can in this trailer. Hmm. And like, let everyone see all our cards. And it was really restrained. I thought, like, it was basically just a lot of shots of Deadpool over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> like, they didn't really, didn't really cut away from Deadpool at all. I didn't show you too much of the other stuff. Uh, and Which so I that liked. in itself got me, yeah, more excited than anything. Really, was just that they're clearly putting a lot of thought into how they're like putting the movie out there, not just how they're putting it together, but how they're how they're spreading the word of it. Uh, so I was excited. I don't, I. We've talked about it before. I'm, I feel like I'm getting older. I don't get excited about a lot of movies anymore. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting excited. By the end of that trailer, I was, yeah, I was feeling it for sure. I think seeing um, Hugh Jackman coming back as Wolverine is enough to get anyone excited. But to also know that it's going to have Deadpool and the same sort of it feel. It felt like a Deadpool movie, just done by a different studio which is the most pleasing is it didn't feel any different from mm. the previous two deadpool movies so that's a big tick and then just chucking in wolverine and i think them two seem to really feed off each other really well like on social media when they're releasing all the stuff for the you know pictures and all that they seem like they're having a blast so i think it's just going to be a real good fun absolute gut buster of a movie Well, I'm glad I asked that question because you guys had thoughts. You had takes. I like Boy. it. Um, yeah. I had some chills. That's the best way I can describe it. Got a few goosebumps yeah. watching that trailer. Um, great choice of shots. Great choice. Oh, just, just the way it was edited together. Great choice of music. Um, 
I'll just put out there that I started tracking the appearances of celebrities in commercials uh, throughout the uh, throughout the the, mm-hmm. the day, and it was a it ended up a bit of a tie, I believe. Dan Levy, uh, Jeff Goldblum, and Tom Brady three apiece. Goldblum had the early lead; he was three three had three racked up before halftime, but didn't appear after halftime. Uh, so. Ben Affleck, uh, Donut King, advert Donut. probably my my pick of the bunch. Um, yeah, Dunkin' Donuts probably my pick of the bunch. So yeah, no, yeah, yeah. he YouTube. had to do, he had to Wanna deliver on the one, the one he did the, the last Super Bowl, the Dunkin' Donuts one. So the, the pressure was on. So yeah, I thought, I thought he had <laughs> <up> right. <laughs> lovely chatting about all that. But now let's move on to what we want to see in. 2024. Sambo, I'm going to go to you first. That's right. Well, you're going to get that, John. I can guarantee it. You don't even have to stress about it. It will be there. Um, let's get into this. Let's, let's, you don't have to keep it like 30 seconds, but let's just go a few minutes for each one. Doesn't have to be massive. But what we want to see. In 2024, and Sambo, you are going to get us started off with a midfield player for the Cats. We're going to be talking about a bunch of these players later behind the Patreon curtain. Tom Atkins, what do you want to see from Tom Atkins in 2024? I mean, I'm once again, uh, it'll be interesting to see how, because we talked about it with Holmes last week, how my feelings about it here last year relate to like statistically and whatnot. Um, I guess I would just, I'd like to see a little, like, I'd like to see him reaching his best more consistently. I was going to say be more consistent, but that sounds like, I don't know, like he has some really terrible days and I don't know, just like was he was unreliable. It wasn't so much he was unreliable. I think he was a pretty reliable sort of, you know, if you're looking at him to be your sort of third or fourth string in the, in the midfield. But I do think that, Atkins has the potential to be one of those top two midfielders, like one year, one year, just absolute game changing kind of guys. And I don't feel like he reached that level as much as I think he can, not as much as I think he should, or I want him to or any of that kind of stuff, but just as far as his ceiling goes, I don't think, like, I don't think he pushed that real upper echelon as often as I'd like. I think he had some really standout games and even some standout strings of games where, you know, he went two, three games in a row of like looking like he was just ready to rip it open. Um, And so that's, yeah, I mean, that basically is, that is 30 seconds. Maybe I did keep it to 30 seconds. That's, that's really all I want. I like, I I just, I don't want to see necessarily anything we haven't seen from him before. Like I think we've seen Mm -hmm. the kind of stuff he can do. I just want him to be doing that, like his very best, his his best output, not effort wise, but output wise, I want to see him cracking that just more consistently, you know, um, sort of four out of five games at a time. I really yep. like that. Um, and just to throw a couple of stats, this actually blew me away. Um, last year in a in a year it was pretty down for our midfield. Average nineteen point four disposals per game. That's probably lower than you'd like. You'd like to see him get up over the 20 mark. But 7.6 tackles per game and five clearances per game. His career average total is 
clearances mm. per game. So if you take away last year's, that'd be even lower. Um, but even if you include last year's as well in that average, it's, you know, it's double last season on what he's done across the course of his whole career. So massive strides from Atkins. Um, and I agree with you. I think he could legitimately shape himself into one of those top two mids for the Cats. I don't think there's anything... Yeah, I don't think there's any reason he can't. Um, Johnny, your yes. next man up. Uh, Bring it on. Not necessarily a midfield player. player who plays a little bit through the middle of the field at times. Um, but a player who was doing a lot of setups last season. I want to know what you want to see from Brian Myers in 2024. The old Grinal Messi. Um, I'd like to see him continue on his form from last year where he was setting up a lot of goals, doing a lot of really hard work in that you know, half forward area and continue on that, but also just probably go and kick himself a few more goals this year. I think he was very unselfish last year, which is really good as a team, but also I think he could have probably kicked a few more himself. So continue on with his really excellent craftsmanship up forward in getting the ball into the hands of our full forwards, but also taking a bit of, you know, a bit of glory for himself. Take some glory. I think he'd, he definitely deserved it last year, and I think he'll deserve it this year. And like to go by the stats, again, he had a pretty fantastic year. And if he can just build on that, kick a few, kick like 20, 30 goals in the season would be a pretty spectacular season if he's able to carry on with his goal assists and score involvements as well. And apart from that, I think he's really hitting his stride and just continue on, just continue on what he's doing and just set a few more goals. Do you think, and you can respond to this if you've got a strong thought on it, Sambo too, um, do you think there was some times last year where it almost had become a little bit of a bit in terms of pursuing more goal assists where he actually should have just pulled the trigger. He should have just backed himself. Like, I'm just going to have a shot here. I'm not going to worry about racking up another assist. And, and that it, like sometimes more led so. us into some trouble trying to manufacture more assists. It could have been at some points. And that's where I think if he just, yeah, backs himself and goes for the goal, then that'll be fine. If he misses, he misses. But I'd rather see him rack up a few less goal assist and kick a few more goals. Especially if our full forward yep. aren't kicking goals themselves. Take that responsibility on yourself. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, his output was outrageous. Like his previous best goal assist was 19 in 2022 at 41. Um, <laughs> his tackling was up as well. I think when you look at his average, not like huge. It wasn't like he's up one whole tackle, but it was up. His clearances were up um, 1.83. His previous best was 1.6. Um, so, uh, and, and as far as his disposals too, 19 per game, his previous best was 15 and a half. So, yeah, yeah. career best. Yeah, career Brian. Best. Um, Johnny wants to see him Just slot a on. few more snags. I, no, and I agree. Um, that leaves me with my first one. It's what I want to see 
from Sean Ollie Dempsey, apparently. Uh, let me just fix that banner um, for the for the <laughs> podcast listeners. I've just added a name for him there, Sean Ollie. Um, Sean Ollie. So what do I want to see from Sean Ollie Dempsey? From Ollie Dempsey this year, this is a really tricky one. Um, so I watched lots of Ollie Dempsey last year in the VFL. Um, played, I'm just trying to do the math off my head, like 14 games, I think it is, in the VFL last year. And, you know, racked up a lot of decent games. Um, you know, some standouts. He only had seven touches against Carlton in round one, kicked three goals. Um, but then, you know, 21 touches against Gold Coast, 27 against Box Hill, 23 and a goal against Werribee in a win, 27 and a goal in a win over Port Melbourne, 25 and three goals against Frankston, 32 and one goal in a loss to the Casey Demons, uh, 22 and a goal against the Lions, 29 touches, five goals, three in a win over the Bull Ants, and 23 touches and two goals in a win over the Giants. What I want to see, I guess, and it's more of like, it's not a specific thing. It's, I want to see what role Ollie Dempsey finds for himself at the next level. Because right now, there's so much he does well at the VFL level. Like there's, he, he just, he dominates so often, whether it's on the scoreboard, whether it's just in touches, he's an extremely clever player. Uh, he's willing to lay a tackle. He's willing to rack up clearances. He's even taken some nice intercept marks at times in games I've watched. But it's been a struggle for me to see who he's going to push out to get into the AFL team. So uh, I guess I don't have the answer of where it is because in some ways I think Brian Myers, the player we just talked about, sort of plays a role that you would actually love to see Dempsey play um, in that like clever distributor you want ollie dempsey being the guy with the ball like 60 meters out from goal and he's the one that's hitting up clever leads a little bit like stevie J used to do just super clever pulling a kick across the body or whatever so that's what i want to see is i want to see how he goes about pushing his way into the afl team and whether he's able to do it i know that's a little bit esoteric but it's basically because i don't have an answer I don't exactly know how he's going to do it. I think he's an extremely skilled player. Um, I, w- I would say I, if, say, Grind Myers keeps up his play, like, I don't hate the idea of Ollie Dempsey potentially playing, like, wing or half back as a way to get him in the side. Because I think his his ability to read the game and float around and mark is actually pretty damn good. And I think he'd then be a good player to get involved in the attack out of defense. But that's just a bit left field. So what I want to see, I want to see it revealed to me how Ollie Dempsey goes about finding his way uh, to more AFL time. Because it's been pretty limited so far, despite dominating in the VFL. All right. Sambo. We're back to you. We are. And I want to know what you want to see from Tyson Stengel. Sam Tyson Stengel. I've added Ooh. another. I don't know how I keep doing this. Oh. I've added another name to apply. I need to go through these while you guys chat, obviously. Tyson Sam Stengel. Tyson. Not what Sam I would Tyson like to see is, is Tyson Stengel uh, legally change his name to Sam Stengel in my honor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's such a pretty cool name. 
It's not bad. Uh, maybe I'll change Sam my Stingle. name. To, my name to Sam Stingle. <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, I I would like to see. Uh, I'm just at real a real risk of repeating myself here, as far as Tom Atkins as well, because sure. I feel like Tyson Stingle had a similar thing. I think he was. I think Tom Atkins was more consistent and probably uh, able to impact more games more often than than Stingle um, mm-hmm. uh, through for various reasons. But I do think Stingle showed us a lot of those glimpses of his brilliance that he mm-hmm. sort of laid bare in 2022. Um, and I would, I guess, I would just again like to see him hit that more often. Um, you know, it's it's tough, I suppose. You know, I like what you, I like what you said, Jake, uh, about Dempsey because you were kind of very looking forward, basing on on the current facts and looking forward. I feel like I'm always looking back, like going, what do I want to see mm. compared to last year. Um, and so it's sure. it's a little bit hard because last year was pretty much everybody. You kind of like ninety percent of the players. You kind of want you go. I want to see them just have a chance to give it more of a crack it's like either injuries or just because as far as stingle goes like i think it was partly just what was around him like i don't really necessarily blame him too much like our forward line was just such a shambles mm. all year with players in out play you know half a hawkins for a few games at the start you know no hawkins for a bit no cameron for a bit half half a cameron for a bit um no, no, Rowan here and there. Like it was very, the yeah. only consistent um, player in the forward line really was Henry, uh, and even even he missed a game or two, didn't he? With the uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, with a pretty yeah, yeah a injury yeah, rupture. Yeah, so even, even but I think he was the most most consistent. But even he missed game. So I think a lot of that is what we're looking at with Stengel. Whereas I where I think he. He just couldn't get the consistent minutes with a consistent group of players around him. Um, and I think of all of all the players, as much as I do push back on, you know, premiership uh, hangover a little mm. bit, I think of all the players um, that would be prone to it, I think it probably would, would be him because of the way he kind of, like him and any of the other players that kind of just started last year. But like he kind of kind of had <clears> that, like that, um, what's the word? Uh, just blessed, blessed. Like he's had a hard road prior, but over the last couple of seasons, you yeah. know, since he started at Geelong, it kind of like walked in, had a little bit of a warm up, and then just absolutely blew the gates open and won the premiership. Like <laughs> it would be hard to go. Yeah. Okay, so what do I do in a normal year? That's not this sort of just like culmination of decades of of momentum and hard work. Um, so I think it's fair enough. But what I would like you. All that being said, I just would like to see Stengel being able to stand on his own two feet and put in that work and get the results, regardless of who's come in, who's gone out, who's around him, uh, and just be able to build a bit of a base of performance based on his own, uh, you know, un- undoubtedly mm. like elite skill. I'm just going to, um, it's nice to remind ourselves how well he started his career at the Cats. Round one, 2022, had 20 touches and kicked four goals, three against Essendon. <laughs> On his way to, to kicking 53 goals, 27 um, in his first season. Now, he kicked 27 goals, nine, and this is what I'm interested in from 2023. I just averaged it out. 
25 games in his inaugural season with the Cats, he averaged 3.2 scoring shots per game. Last year, with the midfield and the supply maybe a bit down, he averaged 1.8 scoring shots per game. So his scoring output total was was halved. Um, so, uh, you know, going from 36 shots, sorry, going from 80 scoring shots from 25 games year one, to 36 scoring shots from 19 games, you know, it, it's a, it's a sizable drop off and you can't help but think that maybe he, he you know, if the midfield supply gets up again uh, with a bit more quality, he also, that might help him as well. Um, Cause I feel like, I don't know, but like, you know, our ability to probably to keep the ball inside the Ford 50 for longer probably favors Stengel to find scoring opportunities where there were so many times last year where it bounced straight back out. So he wasn't allowed so much to lurk around packs uh, and rove and snap and that sort of thing. So no, I like, I like, I like all that you've said there. Um, Sambo. I agree. All right. Different position now for you, Johnny, different age bracket as well. I want to know what you want to see from Mitch Duncan. In twenty twenty, or Duncan, Mister Duncan, Johnny Mitch Duncan, Mitch Mitchy Duncan's Duncan the Mitch. Um, well, he's been pretty M. consistent Dunk. his entire career. I like his role on the like the half half back, sort of that you know quintessential stopper as we used mm. to have in the Rovers for soccer. Mm. Um, I think he plays a really important role there. And I'd like to see him just continue his position there where he plays like the sort of like a quarterback type leader who sees the play as it's happening ding, ding. and then intercepts at important times or is that relieving player um, for players going out of def defensive areas and then he can also mm -hmm. set up players alongside um, Zach Tui. So I'd just like to see him continue on there. I don't think we need to see him getting fully involved in that midfield area straight away. I think if he hangs back, controls that half back with Tui, and then you've got um, Thomas Stewart in the back line as well, along with SDK. And if all those guys start setting up really well, I can really see Mitch Duncan really leaning into... I'd like to see him lean into that more sitting under the play going forward, like where he's... The one that launches from the halfback, kicks it along to a player, runs forward, and then is able to do what he does best and pinpoint Hawkins or Cameron or Ollie Henry on the chest because he's a absolute brilliant kick when he's on his at his best. So I'd really like to see him do that, be that leading like player to kick the inside fifty if Grindmeyers mm. or Dangerfield or Close are not available to do that part. But yeah, that's what I'd say. Just him continue on what he was doing last year, but get more involved in the setting of a place. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he's in, in some ways sort of an attacking defender. You're not going to rely on Mitch Duncan to do a lot of chase down. And now he did do it a couple of times last year, actually. I know everyone likes to highlight the plays where he got burnt um, by players running away from him, but there were actually a couple of, times last season where he was the one running and chasing down um 
players and, and catching them holding the ball. Didn't happen that often, but um, I, but yeah, I think you're mainly looking to make use of his. I thought the defense always looked better marshaled when he was back there. We had a mm. stat for a while last season, I'm sure I was tracking, which was, you know, win-loss record for the Cats with certain players in and out of the lineup. And I'm fairly certain that Mitch Duncan being in the team um, correlated to a lot of wins for the Cats, but also just the back line playing better. Um, so I like him back there with his experience. But yeah, I think you're looking to make use of his ability to drive the attack um, forward from the back line. All right, I'm going to get into mine, which is Brandon Parfit. Thomas Brandon Parfit. <laughs> Brandon Parfit. Um, Jebediah. Yeah, <laughs> Jebediah Brandon Parfit. Um, <laughs> and what I want to see from him in 2024. Oh, uh, just simplistically, I, I want to see him in the side. I want to see him playing the sort of footy that gets him back in the team. That's that's a real basic kind of take. Um, I, I just feel like there's still something there with Parfit. You know, he obviously had a down year. He probably, it was probably a career worst year. If you look at his stats, 12 disposals per game in the nine matches he played. Now, there were plenty of times where he came on as the sub. Um, I feel for him because 2022, he had career best. Averaged a career-high 20 disposals. You know, averaged a career-high in clearances. You really felt like he was finding a role in the engine room of the midfield. And then that injury, you know, knocks him out of the side. And he's basically not really fully recovered his position ever since. Um, But the specific thing I want to see, and I think this is what he has to do to get back in the team, uh, I think it's his biggest weakness at the moment, and you saw it rear, rear its head at times in the VFL last year. Making better disposal decisions by foot. Mm-hmm. Um, Parfit really, uh, you know, uh, he's one of those classic players where he wins it, slaps it on the boot, and kicks it forward. And look, sometimes that's actually fine um, because sometimes he can actually drift into the opposite end of the spectrum where he has the ball in an uncontested situation and he waits and he waits and he waits and the player presents and he waits and then he tries to hit it. And by that time, the defender's caught up, the the ball gets broken up, it's a turnover or, you know, it's just outright intercepted, whatever. So like, he's just got to, for me, I want to see him find that better balance of the decision-making by foot. Now, obviously by hand, he's, he's good. He can win the ball. He can ship it out to someone on the outside really quickly, but it's when he's got the ball by foot. Um, you know, I even sometimes wonder if they need to to help him in the way they did with Ted Closey last season. Closey was a player who came into the side in the VFL um, who needed to work on, on his decision-making by foot. Um, and I felt like they put him in position to do that by lining him up sometimes in the half back, plenty of times i guess where he got uncontested footy and was then forced to look upfield and make that next decision of where he was going to link the play i feel like parfit could need that but that's what i want to see from him just an improved level of of decision making when he's kicking the ball um knowing when to hold it knowing when to let it loose 
and, and I think if he does those things, then his natural ball winning ability, um, you know, will will help him earn that spot in the side, and a better kicking efficiency will help him keep it. So that's that's what I want to see from Brandon Parfit. Twenty twenty four. Nice. Doing well here, boys. Doing well here. Doing very uh, we are well. back to the top of the top of the order. Um, Sambo, another midfielder. I want to hear what your thoughts are, what you want to see from Tanner Bruin, the former GWS giant, in his Oy. second year at the Cats. Oh. oh, that's a really, really interesting one. I like, I think, you know, as much as I did, said I didn't want to look backwards too much. I think to, to look at last year, like, I don't really have too many issues with last year. Like, um, I think, I think, he, I think, I felt like I heard a lot of extremes with, with Tanner. Either people were like, he's the second coming of, Joel Selwood, like he's the saving grace of this team. Yeah. He's just going to, you know, he's going to lift the whole yeah. the second half of this season. He's just going to find his gear. And, and then I also heard like the opposite, you know, like what's he doing? Can't and, like, can't string three passes together, blah, blah, like really kind of like negative, negative um, sort of unloading on him when, when maybe he wasn't mm. doing the former and lifting the game on his shoulders. I think it was a pretty good, you know, a pretty good start for him, really. Uh, I'd like to see him build um, a bit more. And th- this is kind of something I, I, what I, well, it's what I'd like to see. But I think you just naturally will, because I'd like to see him build a bit of bit more game awareness. But I think it's more specifically a bit more team awareness, just by spending yep. more time in the team and getting to know each other and spending more time with the guys and and learning the the system inside and out, like. I think he did so much, and we talked about this during the season. I think he did so much well, and it was always maybe that last disposal that just let him down a little bit. It was just like still a little bit of the uh, the old way of thinking lingering in his uh, mm. in his in his instinct. Like I think a lot of what he did well was very thought out, and it was you know it was what the team wanted him to do. But sometimes under pressure, when that's so new as it was with him, he hadn't had a long long time to get used to the system. Um, those things can kind of fall by the wayside in a uh, in a high pressure situation. So I think I think you just automatically will see that this year. I think he's going to look way more comfortable in the team and in himself. I think he's going to have a lot more awareness. I think his decision, his final decision making is going to be a lot better, and that will allow him just to play on instinct a lot more easily. Um, so I think that's what we will see, and it is really all I want to see. I don't really have any pie in the sky um, hopes. Or dreams for for Tanner. Mm. I want him to just kind of. I just want him to be able to be a young footballer, finding his way into the system, and and um, you know gradually, but sure, but like definitely, starting to impact the team, impact the games in a more more positive manner, um, more often. And I think it's just I think it's kind of a no brainer that we that we will see that to some degree. I love it. Couldn't agree more. Definitely. Um, it's interesting you look at his first part of the season, his tackle count, four, three, one, three, six, two, um, seven, six. It's only, what, two, maybe three times he failed to clear four tackles in the second half of the season, 12 mm-hmm. against the Dogs. I think, you know, you look at some of his best games, one goal, 15 touches, and 12 tackles in the win over the Dogs. Um, he played a really good game in the last match against Collingwood. 18 touches, five marks, six tackles, seven clearances. 
Um, I thought you definitely saw signs of him starting to put together a more midfield-based skill set. Uh, and we talked about that in the, remember the, the uh, what did we call that? The player focus. Yep. The Patreon mm. player focus section last year when we talked about Tanner Bruin, like he was getting um, more of the ball playing for the Cats. Like he was having to, you know, with the Giants, he had such a small sample size uh, of like having the footy. Uh, you know, like, um, you know, he was only he averaged 7.8 disposals year one at the Giants, 11.9 the following year. Um, and then last year, 16.3 disposals, his disposal efficiency falls down a bit. And everyone's like, oh, he can't, you know, he can't use the footy. I, I think it's just that thing of like, you're just seeing a young player having more of the footy. And so there's more opportunity to do good things. There's more opportunity to do, you know, to muck things up as well. So, I think it's, it's sort of. Um, I'm with you. I'm really optimistic. It sort of shows what experienced players can do to a young guy, unlike a group of young guys trying to learn off each other. Sort of like we mentioned that before. You know, mm. you get some senior guys into your team, some young guys into your team, and the young guys are going to learn pretty fast of what it takes to be in the AFL and what they need to do to be in this team. And I think, yeah, I absolutely agree, with Sam. I think he's going to. Just rise to that next level, and we'll see a pretty good Tanner Bruin. Yeah, no, fully, fully agree there, chaps. Johnny, keep that microphone warmed up because I now want your it's... thoughts on Ollie Henry. I want to know what you want to see. Want Ollie to Henry, see. year two at the Cattery. Year two. I want to see Ollie Henry stake his claim in that forward line and really start challenging. Hawkins and Cameron as the number one forward player in the team. I want to see him really pushing Cameron and Hawkins out of the way, saying, no, this is my area. Get out of my way. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take this mark. I'm going to claim it. I'm going to kick the goals. I just want him to start inserting himself a bit more. I felt like he did it well last year, and he really gelled well with the whole forward line. But I'd like to see him sort of take that mm -hmm. next step and be Start showing his qualities as the leader of that forward line, which I think he will be able to become mm -hmm. once Hawkins and Cameron retires. So I'd like to see that creeping into his game now, really start challenging them too for the best positions, for the best lead outs, for the best kicks from the midfielders and just start putting your claim in that forward line as number one forward. I like it. Um, you and I spoke about Ollie Henry on a podcast uh, maybe a month ago, Johnny, and we compared his last five games, he kicked 13 goals too. So, you know, for a player that had sections at time last season where he was, you know, struggling for accuracy, you know, he ends the season two goals straight in a loss against Frio, four goals straight in win over Port, four goals straight in that close loss um, to the Pies. Uh, didn't kick a goal against St Kilda, but I think he may have actually gone out injured in that game from memory. Could be wrong there. Um, then three goals too to finish the season against the Dogs. Um, yeah, I, I think he's got so much potential. Um, yeah. 41 goals, 20 
in his first season at the Cats. Not bad for a VFL bad. player uh, from the Pies. Um, all right. Last one. Last cab off the rank, and it's me. And I feel like this is actually quite a tricky one. It's what I want to see from Jack Bowes. Not Peter. Peter Jack Bowes. 2020. Peter <laughs> Jack Bowes. Um, a little bit. Bloody Colin. <laughs> I couldn't. Been yet, yeah, get all day to set up these slides. Can't get the job done. You know, we're in the midst of a big merge, you know, with the Hoops crew and our and our producer just, you know, mucking up basic things like, you know, getting the uh, the, the branding right. Um, Jack Bowes I, was a player that I was so consistently out of line with what other people thought of his performance. There were so many times last year where I was like, holy crap, Jack Bowes really pushing for my votes um, today. Uh, you know, and, and then other people were like, we have to drop Jack Bowes. He's costing the side. What is he even doing? And I'll be like, holy crap, are we watching different games? And then conversely, you know, he'd have a game where he'd rack up a bunch of easy touches and I'd be like, ah, pretty unimpactful match. Um, sort of butchered the ball at times. And people would be like, oh, he had a fantastic game. This is what we want to see. So like, I, Jack Bowes is a confounding player to me, mainly because I'm I always seem to be off where other people are on him. Um, consistency for me. I think at his best, Jack Bowes is a really good link player for the Cats. Like, I feel like there were times last year where what I love was he would take players on. You know, he, he, he'd try and break a tackle and, and, and at his best, he would do it. He would break the tackle, get his arms free, get a ball out, or he'd spin past someone. And at his worst, he would run into obvious holding the ball situations. He would horrifically turn the ball over by foot. Um, it was just sort of so up and down. Like you've got games, 20 disposals on debut against Carlton, three clearances and five tackles, 22 touches uh, in the win over Hawthorne, uh, 25 touches against North, 21 touches against Essendon, 24 touches uh, against Brisbane, all those games in a row. But then you've got games like three touches against Essendon, five touches against Port, three touches against Sydney, seven touches against Fremantle. It was just so, so up and down, I guess, for Jack Bowes. So I kind of put him, I think he needs, uh, I was going to say more consistency. I'm actually going to say, unlike Atkins, Sambo, where you're like, we've already seen what his best is and we need to see it just more often. We want to see it, you know, instead of two games in a row, we want to see it four out of every five games or something. I think Bose still needs to discover what his best football is. Uh, I, I don't think we've seen it consistently yet. So that's what I want to see, I suppose. I want to see Jack Bose discover what he does best. Um, because at the moment, I feel like there's parts there. You know, he's a player, you know, I kind of can see it. And sort of see it. You see it in patches. You know, you have a he'll have a quarter where you have like you know eight or nine touches. And you're like, oh, I get it. He's figured it out, and then it's just gone, just drifts out of the game. So, I I I think it's an important year 
for his career at the Cats, especially because there's a lot of other players coming through. Like, he doesn't have the benefit of being 19 and this being his second year in the side. He's 25, um, and it's his second year in the team, and you just don't get as many chances. So I think it's an important year. I, and So that's what I want to see. I want to see what Jack Bowe's best footy is because uh, I don't think we saw it last year. Um, so that's what I want to see is you sort of need that proof of concept now of like, that's the best Jack Bowe's game. That's what we want. I think we've only seen that in quarters um, so far. We did it. We got through nine nice. players, 45 minutes. We're happy with that. Well, bloody done. Again, feel like we've, I've learned something. Starting to look forward to focusing on these players going into next into this mm. year this season which is absolutely coming up fast it is um we're gonna open next week's show or we're gonna at least include in next week's show which players we're most excited to see lining up um so you oh. start having a think about that who's because i put this question out on twitter a lot of cam guthrie's a lot of people saying that the player that I'm most excited to see run out, Cam Guthrie. Um, nice. Yeah, we, we had Cam Guthrie. We we had Conway. Uh, Conway was definitely what well, we've got. Conway, Conway, Stanley, Cam Guthrie, Cam Guthrie, Cam Guthrie, Jai Clark, another one. Uh, so there's a bit of a theme there. So we'll talk about which players we're most excited to see and all of our preview thoughts heading into the first match sim of the season but right now we're going to duck behind the patreon subscription curtain and we're going to talk about who we think is best fitted to be in the midfield mix oh boy for the cats in 2024 so if you'd like to do that with us please subscribe on patreon uh, we'd much appreciate it. If you're listening to this, make sure you're subscribed in your favorite podcast player, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you want to go give us a five-star rating and a review, that would be absolutely fantastic. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell so you know when all the great content from the Hoops crew is coming out. Until next time, though. Go Cats! Go Cats! Go Cats!